My Seven Chakras, episode 87. You can preach a better sermon with your life than you can with your lips. The Seven Chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body, from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chakras. And now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's up, action takers? AJ here, your host, your friend, your buddy, and your action enabler. And today, I am grateful for the age that we're living in. What a beautiful age to be alive. Technology allows us to reach listeners literally across the globe in over 150 countries. In fact, just the other day, I noticed that we had two new listeners from a bunch of islands in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Now, technology allows us to move past time. For example, this episode airs in April 2016, but you may be listening to this episode in September 2016 or May 2017 or even June 2018. Once created, this episode will be on iTunes for as long as as iTunes exists. My point is that we have access to all these powerful channels, but beyond that, I need to ensure that wherever you are right now, in California, New York, or Toronto, Australia, India, or the UK, wherever you are, you get the highest quality information that can help you overcome your challenges. Now, in order to help you with that, I need to know what your challenges are. And that is exactly why I created a survey called the Human Revolution 2016, which contains just one question. What is your single biggest frustration or passion when it comes to alternative healing? Now, to take part, visit our website, my 7 slash survey. Once again, that's my S-E-V-E-N-C-H-A-K-R-A-S.com slash survey. So take a few minutes, write your heart out and allow me to serve you. Let's change the world together. And on this promising new day, Action Takers, I am really thrilled to bring you our featured guest for today, Tara Meyer. Robson. So Tara, are you ready to inspire? <laughs> I definitely am. I'm really happy to be here. Awesome. So as a former benefits executive, Tara worked with hospitals, corporations, and organizations of every size to create programs to increase morale, reduce costs, and help employees become more well. In this capacity, Tara noticed that some people were successful at changing their lives or healing their bodies using positive training programs, while others trying the exact same improvement techniques had negative patterns, bad habits and ill health that they could not seem to alter. Now, determined to discover the core connection between life experiences, belief patterns and manifested disease, Tara devoted five years to studying psychology, quantum physics, energetic medicine, anatomy, physiology and philosophy. In short, give Tara Meyer Robson a minute and she can pinpoint the underlying reason for your pain, disease or negative experiences. Give her a bit longer and she'll teach you how to make the connections yourself. So Tara, I am really, really looking forward to learning more about your story. Before we begin, is there something you'd like to add? No, that's pretty much it. That you've 
kind of centered in on my passion, which is essentially just helping people to know exactly what's going on and to help them to heal. Wonderful. So thanks a lot for that crisp addition. Tara, I'm not sure whether you've listened to some of our other episodes, but we always begin each show with a dose of inspiration. And today it's your turn to help us get there. Sound like a plan? That sounds great. Absolutely. So what is your favorite inspirational quote and how do you apply this quote in your life? You know, I'm inspired by so many different people on a day-to-day basis. But for me, I guess today I would choose, you can preach a better sermon with your life than you can with your lips. And for me, how that really applies is that, you know, a lot of times you see people that are, you know, they talk a really good game, but when you know them in their real life, they aren't actually applying the things that they're talking about. They're basically, you know, do as I say, but not as I actually do. I think one of the best ways to teach people, and I know a lot of people who are inspirational people, you know, get out and try to convince other people to sort of follow them. But in my experience, the best way to teach people a better path is to sort of show them by living your life in the best possible ways that you can with kindness, with love, with peace, and with a positive mindset. So that's why I love that quote. Absolutely. You can preach a better sermon by actually taking action, actually showing up, actually showing the results to people around you than with your lips. And that's exactly why we have such a focus on taking action on our show. Because as you mentioned, by showing that smile, by helping people, by, you know, taking what we've learned and actually putting it to action, we learn better and people see us get inspired and ask us this question, how can I change my life too? Thanks a lot for that powerful quote. So let's dive right in. What exactly is the flow method? The flow method is a system that I developed, as you talked about at the beginning, after a whole lot of research. And what it does is it helps people to actually pinpoint the underlying reasons that they're dealing with, maybe pain, chronic pain, or even acute pain, various diseases that may have manifested. And also it ties together what might be going on that's causing people to have continuous negative patterns. So it just basically helps people. The sort of core of the flow is a test that sort of pinpoints in which of areas of their mind, their body, and their life, they sort of have, as I call it, out-of-the-flow beliefs, usually very unconscious. And once you can pinpoint what's going on with that, you can actually take very specific steps to really alter that frequency and shift your mind, your body, and your life back to health and well-being and happiness. So you mentioned that it is a system to pinpoint really the underlying reasons, the underlying causes for some of the problems that we might be facing, reasons that might not seem obvious to us. Is that correct? That is exactly right. Yep. Mm -hmm. Now, a number of people around the world, especially listeners listening to the show right now, are trying to make a change in their lives. And this change is not easy. Sometimes it takes time, takes effort and dedication. So what are some of the factors or conditions that really prevent people from changing their lives? Oh, you know, honestly, AJ, one of the biggest that I see is simply that people, they consciously say, you know, I want to make a change. And they try to make a change. (laughs) You know, they're working at it. It's not the people are not working at it. But things, they just keep going back into sort of these pre-programmed habits, these pre-programmed ways of being. And then they feel like failures. My whole thing is to help people to be able to actually get beyond that and succeed. Because the people that I see trying to change their lives that aren't being successful and feeling like failures, I just think, you know, that (laughs) there's nothing worse than seeing a positive person just starting to give up. So really what is happening for people is when they're hitting these blocks and they're going back into these old patterns, it's just simply 
literally neural pathways that have been programmed into their their minds from oftentimes way back in childhood many times. You know, they're way back there in the brain, sort of like an old warehouse or an old storage unit you kind of closed up and forgot about. And then you open it up and oh my gosh, there's all that back there. That's kind of what's driving a lot of these sort of habits. So the biggest thing I tend to tell people is, you know, if you see yourself falling back into old patterns really easily, the first thing you need to do is explore, okay, sort of what is back in that subconscious storage unit? And why is that driving me? What's going on there? And that's where you're going to find what you need to know to be able to make effective change. So you mentioned that people have positive, strong intentions, they want to make a change, and they do end up making that change. But at some point, a roadblock arrives, and then they tend to go back to their pre-programmed beliefs or their behaviors. Mm-hmm. So you spoke about the subconscious. So what are some ways in which this person or what are some ways in which you help this person tap into their subconscious? Are there any exercises or steps that you take? Well, yes. I mean, the, the core of my system is really something I can call the flow factor test. And that helps people to get beyond the conscious and actually start responding and just finding this underlying stuff. But if people you know, aren't taking the flow factor test, aren't working with the flow method, mm-hmm. the one thing I would tell people to do is to start to really pay attention to the kinds of words you're using on a day-to-day basis. Because more often than not, for instance, if you find yourself being very self-critical, and most of us that are people that are working to change our lives tend to be very hard on ourselves or perfectionistic. It just, (laughs) they seem to go a little bit hand in hand. And so you might find yourself saying quite negative things or thinking quite negative things about yourself, or you tend to criticize yourself in very specific ways. Pay attention to those words that you're using. You know, and if you say to yourself, oh my gosh, I'm stupid. You know, God, I can't believe I was so stupid to have made that choice or started dating that kind of person again or whatever. Then ask yourself, where in your life or who in your life told you that decisions were stupid, for instance? That's a that's a good one, you know, to pay attention to and start to go back to. And then at that point, you can start to say, well, okay, was that decision really stupid? Or was that simply a decision that I started to make because of these pre-programmed habits? Now, how do I shift that? So it's a step-by-step process. I always tell people one of the easiest ways, especially when I'm working with people, when they start to talk to me pretty quickly, I can pinpoint, okay, (laughs) you know, here's what's going on. Because really what we say is oftentimes such a direct application to what we have going on in our lives. It's uh, oftentimes it's quite amazing to me how direct it is. (laughs) So that's powerful. You spoke about the power of words and action takers. Words are really, really powerful. You should be mindful of the type of words that you are using throughout the day. When you have a goal and somehow, sometimes you miss on it or you don't follow through, we end up becoming critical of ourselves. And the solution really, as Tara mentioned, is to critique your approach and not be critical. You can't go back in time, right? You can't go and say, I'm going to approach that once again and go back 30 minutes. But what you can do is really check what happened and analyze and see what you can do next or see what you can do the next time such a situation happens. In that sense, you're actually growing because, Tara, this happened to me as well a couple of years back. I wanted to get up early, right? I wanted to get up at 5.30 in the morning. But at that point, I was waking up a bit late, right? I was waking up at 7.30. So that shift for me was huge two hours before. And so I used to put up my alarm, but then my alarm would ring and I would get up at, let's say, about 7.05 or 7 o'clock, right? And then I would be like, oh my God, <laughs> you know, I talk negative things about myself, 
which uh, is, I think, a natural knee-jerk reaction, right? Yeah, it's a very natural knee-jerk reaction. And I'll give you another really (laughs) interesting example. I was working with somebody very recently who had been really beating herself up because she was trying to lose weight. And, you know, at like 10 o'clock in the morning and like 3 o'clock in the afternoon, she found herself back at the vending machine in her office and she just could not stop herself from getting like a Snickers or a Twinkie or some potato chips. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, when she did it and ate it, she felt total just regret, self-hatred, was saying such horrible things about herself. And she just felt like she had no willpower, sort of like what you're talking about. You know, it's a big change to make to get up two hours earlier. Your body's not used to it. But, you know, we end up criticizing ourselves when we can't make that big change right away. So she and I talked and really (laughs) what it was for her is, you know, we have these pre-programmed triggers, just like I wake up at 730 every morning is basically a habit, a trigger, a, a essentially a mental hologram that has been created that you're body starts to operate on and your mind is operating on. In her case, 10 o'clock in the morning and three o'clock in the afternoon were times that were simply triggers. And when she saw that time of day, everything in her entire mind, body and life was programmed to go get a snack. (laughs) That's all it was. And it wasn't about her being stupid. It wasn't about her not having willpower. It was simply about recognizing those triggers, which were very simple triggers. And once she recognized it, we could simply start to shift it by associating 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. with something different, with something equally as pleasurable but different. Mm-hmm. So in her case, we talked and she really thought it would be great for her to go out and take a 15 minute walk at 10 o'clock and three. And that's what she started to do. Well, after about the first week, it was hard. And then about, you know, day nine, day 10, she started to look forward to her walk. And eventually she didn't want the stuff from the vending machine anymore. She wanted her walk. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it really can be just what you're talking about. It's like the more that you, it's hard at first simply because we're programmed to do a certain thing. But once we start to consciously reassociate that trigger with something new, whether it's waking up early or going to the vending machine or whatever, it starts to form a new habit essentially in our brains. So <laughs> it's really amazing how we do it. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you say trigger, what comes to my mind is Tony Robbins because Tony Robbins is huge in the NLP space. He talks about mm-hmm. triggers and how these triggers really determine what happens during our day, determines our daily ritual and what happens on during our daily routine or ritual happens throughout our lives, right? And as you mentioned, using those triggers to sort of create positive associations or create negative associations so that you can change a particular habit. So just imagine that you love eating sugar and you love sugar a lot. You have donuts, you have chocolates, you have candy or whatnot. But once you start associating associating with that sugar with obesity and heart disease mm-hmm. or whatnot, we automatically begin to change because as he mentioned in the pain and pleasure principle, we mm-hmm. change because of pleasure, but we change even more faster when we associate something with a pain because we want to avoid that pain and get away from that as soon as possible. Absolutely. Yeah, we don't tend to change until it becomes truly uncomfortable. And that's why you see people that are in their lives and they keep talking about how they want to change, right? And then I'm sure you get the same thing, AJ, where you see somebody and you want to help them. But you know what? Nobody changes until it literally becomes so painful that they actually start to take action instead of just talking about it. That is so true. So let's take a few steps back now. How did you first discover this wonderful method? Let's hear that story. (laughs) Well, that's actually kind of an interesting story um, and kind of a painful one. Speaking of pain, I actually had developed, um, I got mononucleosis when I was like 26 years old. The doctor couldn't figure out how I had it, but I kept telling him I felt like I was, I had energetic burnout is the only, or circuitry blowout or something. Now, (laughs) 
in the Western medical world, he was sort of looking at me like, yeah, 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 you know, you're stressed. But I knew it was more than that, that I had just been super overwhelmed and uh, was trying to basically carry sort of a huge portion of this business I was working at. And eventually what that ended up, because I did not appropriately listen to myself and take actual time off, it turned into chronic fatigue syndrome, which the doctor at that point told me was incurable. And at one point I was so bad that honestly, if I went and worked out for an hour or even tried to do like yoga for an hour, I would come back and have to lay down for like two hours because I was so exhausted. And for a super high energy, very positive person like me, this was just simply unthinkable. I tend to kind of have a problem with authority, especially when it tells you that something is impossible or incurable. (laughs) And and while that's not necessarily a great skill set when you're going through school, it is a wonderful skill set when you are looking to solve a problem. So I, um, once I get a question in my head, it's like I have to answer it. So I had been doing yoga, I had been studying Reiki and energetic healing. And so I started to notice that I saw patterns between what was going on in people's lives, what was going on in their bodies and what was going on in their minds. And I thought there's got to be an answer here that can not only cure me of what's going on, but also maybe help other people. And I'm, you know, you sound like you also are a very learning oriented mm-hmm. person and, and a researcher. And I researched and studied, honestly, I like a nut. I mean, <laughs> I couldn't stop. My husband was actually calling me the nutty professor because I was up at, you know, three o'clock mm-hmm. in the morning <laughs> with, with pens stuck in my hair and studying quantum physics books. And, um, One day, I kind of came up with this theory, and I found the final piece that kind of made the discovery behind the flow method. And when that happened, I was I was honestly so over the moon. I, you know, I'm calling my husband, and he's in the middle of a meeting, and (laughs) I'm like, "You can't believe this! This is crazy!" And then I used it, uh, and I was able to heal myself from chronic fatigue 100. percent And at that point, I thought, "Okay." I think I have something here. Now, can I use it to help other people? And that's where I started. Now, you've written the award-winning book, The Flow, 40 Days to Total Life Transformation, which has sold over 30,000 copies around the world. So could you give us an overview of what really happens during these 40 days? Oh, yeah, very much so. Basically, the entire focus of the book is to help you to, as I said at the beginning, pinpoint exactly what's going on. So you take the flow factor test. And once you do that, it pinpoints points in which of seven areas of your mind, body, and life you have these sort of underlying out-of-the-flow beliefs and what kinds of problems it's causing you right now. What that does at that point is you take the highest number, so whatever of the seven areas, and you know, you do seven, your show is my seven chakras, so it's built around the chakra system. So it's in which of these seven areas are sort of most out-of-the-flow, and it directs you directly to your topmost, (laughs) the one essentially causing you the biggest problems. And I did that purposefully because if you can fix the area of your life and body that is causing you the biggest problems first, it's sort of like when people do a seven day fast to sort of jumpstart their weight loss. You know, when you start to see big changes quickly, you stick with it. You know, you feel better. So you go to your problem area first and it will take you through a very specific step by step of pinpointing exactly which affirmations or I call them retuning statements because they are literally designed to retune specific neural pathways 
ways, depending on mm-hmm. which ones are sort of out of the flow for you, which ones are going to work best for you. And then at that point, it takes you to a second test, which assesses how you learn the best. You know, how do you interact with life the best? Because what I discovered in my research is that, you know, if somebody set, tells you to visualize and you're not a visual person, you're just going to close your eyes and see the back of your eyelids. And how are you going to use that? <laughs> you can't use that. You know what I mean? You can't use that. And you're just going to be frustrated. So, what you know, we all know people that are more auditory learners, more visual learners, more tactile or touch learners, movement oriented learners. So that test assesses how do you learn the best? And then it helps you to develop all of that into a very specific individualized 40 day plan for yourself. Super easy action steps that are really just as we were talking about simply focused on retuning these underlying frequencies and also these triggers that are happening in your life. And um, the idea behind what I was doing with this is really to make it something that people can do quite easily in their day to day life without a huge amount of disruption. And so that's how I designed it. Wonderful. So I love your second test because you understand that people learn differently. Some people like to read, some people like to watch a video, some people like to really perform something, do something and then learn. And I think that's so critical because that ensures that no one is left behind because I won't say the current educational system because the educational system is changing, but previous educational system assumed that a fish could climb a tree and judged it based on that. And then the monkeys were all top graders and then the fish was left behind. <laughs> so It's so true. <laughs> no, uh, the action takers, aka the listeners of our show, love learning new practices. But what makes this learning even more interesting is knowing how people use the practice, change their lives and cured their ailment. So is there a particular story that you'd like to share with our audience? You know, it's hard because every single person is, of course, such an individual. And I get such a thrill working with individuals because every single thing is different. Every person is different. Every underlying frequency is different. But probably one of my most favorite and most challenging experiences was this really wonderful woman called me up and she wanted to do a session with me, a healing session. But I usually do like a 15 minute to make sure that, you know, we kind of sink. And she had a disease I had never heard of in my whole life. It was called loin pain hematuria, (laughs) which needless to say, you know, a little surprising. So we talked it through and just, just to get an idea of kind of what was going on with her. And what it was is her kidneys, especially her right kidney actually was uh, like three times the size that it should have been. And it was so horribly painful that she could hardly get out of bed. And when an attack happened, I mean, it was literally complete debilitation. And as we know, our kidneys are, you know, sort of our, our weakest spot on our body. You know, if you've ever done Taekwondo or karate, or keto, you know, that's one of the things that if you're in danger, if you can kind of give a kidney shot, it's one that'll <laughs> get you out of a situation a little bit quickly. And so I immediately knew, okay, there's somebody in her life that is really trying to be a toxic person and, and sort of be hitting her at a weak spot. And in addition, she was actually having uh, blood when she was urinating, she would have blood come out, which was like also really bad. And doctors had actually told her that this was very likely fatal. Like she was at such a, a point that she was looking at a potential
potentially terminal within six months situation. So needless to say, this could not have been a more critical person. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was, you know, obviously very worried. So I ended up saying to her, as she was talking to me, I said, all right, who is the man in your life that is literally incredibly toxic and who is really trying to hit you at your weakest point and take you down and also is making the joy literally flow out of your body. And honestly, AJ, I, I actually thought she hung up on me because the line went completely dead for about 30 seconds. It felt like minutes, but I think it was probably about 30 seconds. And I thought, oh boy, did I offend her or, you know, and I finally said, you know, I'm, are you okay? Are you there? And she just said, how could you possibly have known? And I said, well, you know, your body was telling it that your body's just telling me that. And it's oftentimes, you know, whenever I work with somebody, to me, it's just literal. It's just literal. And so I said, um, at that point, we designed, we developed a plan. And honestly, the first week was rough because oftentimes there's a healing crisis as your body kind of adjusts to shifting out of the old way and into the new way. So she had some flare ups certainly in that first week. But after the first week, we got her past it. And she actually no longer has the loin pain hematuria. And actually, we are still very much in contact. And she's quite healthy and happy now. So that one was a really, really satisfying and cool one because it was someone who literally, she was open to listening and doing and doing something about this and also was able to then heal. So you mentioned that as soon as you started helping or working with her, she noticed some flare-ups, right? Yes. And that's really critical because listeners, when you try to make a change in your life, when you're going towards transformation, it's like cleaning your house, right? There's a lot of dust in your home. And once you start dusting your home, you'll notice dust flying all around you. And at one point, you'll think as if it's become even more worse compared to your previous situation. But at that point, you've got to have faith and just wait till you clean up the home. The remaining dust just subsides so that it allows you to clean your home better. And once you're done, and that's when you achieve that change in your life you feel much better and you're actually better right you just don't feel it <laughs> True. you are actually cleaner mentally physically and spiritually so Taylor, let's talk about building some momentum right now how do we begin teaching ourselves to keep our bodies healthy is there a health tip that you'd like to share with our audience to get started yeah i guess for me the first thing and we talked about it a little bit is really developing the habit of personal awareness throughout your entire day when you bring awareness to to, for instance, a lot of people look at different emotions as positive or negative. For me, emotions are not positive or negative. It's the actions you take based on the emotions that are positive or negative. When you sort of shove the emotions down inside you that you think are negative, jealousy, anger, sadness, and you deny them, they literally turn inward and they will come out one way or another in your body. <laughs> they just will. So I always tell people one of the most important ways to stay healthy is bring awareness to your emotions and allow yourself to fully feel the emotions that you're feeling. If you're feeling anger, there's a reason you're feeling anger. If you're feeling sadness, there's a reason you're feeling sadness. It's not good or bad. It's human. And when you really bring awareness to your emotions, you really bring power to your mind, your body, and your life. So a tip I would give to people is allow yourself to feel the emotion that you're feeling and then stop and analyze, okay, what can I do? What are the steps that I can take? What is this emotion? 
emotion telling me about what's going on in my mind, body, and life right now that needs to change? Because if you're feeling anger, there's something that needs to change. If you're feeling sadness, there's something going on. If you're feeling jealousy, maybe you, you know, you're really feeling secretly that you haven't been working on your own personal dream and you're jealous of somebody else living theirs. So there's always a reason. And an example would be, you know, somebody that finally gets angry enough, it becomes, as we were talking about earlier, painful enough to make a real change in their life. So if you use anger and you say, I'm sick of working for this boss that's abusive to me, I'm done, I'm going to go, I'm finally going to put my my resume out and get a new job. Well, anger just became a positive, didn't it? (laughs) Because you have now used it to fuel that desire to change and to actually make a change. So to me, the management of of your emotions and the awareness you bring to your emotions is one of the very best ways to keep yourself healthy and centered throughout the day. Awesome. Thanks a lot for that. We're going to have it in the show notes. Now, if you are facing a new challenge or being asked to do something that you haven't done before, don't be afraid to step out. You have more capability than you think you do, but you will not see it unless you place a demand on yourself for more. Now, this is a hard-hitting quote by Joyce Mayer. Action takers to experience a transformation, to change your life, to create a shift. All of this is not possible if you keep doing the same things. Take a look at your daily routine. As Tara said, you need to step out, move beyond your comfort zone, change your daily routine and place a demand on yourself. Because after you do this, because of these new demands and because of how you respond to your emotions in a more appropriate way, your body, mind and spirit will grow as well. And speaking about challenges, Tara, take us back to a time when you faced a major challenge. Firstly, how did you approach the challenge and then how did you overcome it? Oh, (laughs) haven't we all had so many challenges in our life? (laughs) (laughs) This is a great question because I think um, I love hearing other people's experiences of challenges. I'll tell you one that comes to mind for me and and I suppose you have people that that listen to the program that are also, you know, desiring to be either entrepreneurs or authors or um, that sort of thing. And a real challenge came for me when I was first working on, the book was just about to be published and I was getting my website done. And I had hired a a local graphic designer trying to, you know, support a small business, which I wholeheartedly behind. But in this particular case, um, I actually used my grand, my really beloved grandmother had just passed away, gosh, a month or two prior. And she'd left me like $10,000. And I was like, okay, I'm going to take that $10,000 and I'm going to build this business with this. And so I had paid him a deposit and so forth. And then it was just horrible. But he ended up not only not producing what he was supposed to produce, but he kept all my deposits. It was so awful because I felt like I had not done a good job, you know, with the money that my grandmother had given me. And I felt horrible, horrible, horrible. However, after I got past the feeling horrible and feeling like, you know, oh my gosh, am I not supposed to start this business? And maybe this isn't really my calling. And you know, all those moments of doubt that every single one of us will feel when we make a change, whether it's to be an entrepreneur or whatever. Once I got past it and was able to look at the lesson behind it, I actually sat down, I taught myself graphic design, I taught myself coding to be able to do a website. (laughs) I taught myself blog software. And because I chose to say, okay, fine, I need to empower myself on the things I need to learn to be able to make this happen. I'm not going to give up. This is sort of my healing crisis on shifting into doing this business. And instead, I'm going to take it and I'm going to learn what I need to learn. And honestly, once I did all of those things, that has been one of the best and most powerful lessons for me in my own business, because I felt and I feel to this day capable, even though I have people that are now that now work for me, I um, still feel capable that if I need to jump in 
in there and do something or uh, somebody comes to me with an issue, I know I feel capable and confident that I can take a look at it. It's going to be maybe a challenge, but I can learn how to do it or I can give the right response. And so I guess the message for everyone out there is if you hit something that feels just like this is it, maybe I shouldn't be doing this, this isn't the right path, step back for a second, you know, let yourself feel those emotions and then say, okay, how can I learn from this? What can I do to just pick myself back up off the ground and move forward and use this as one of the turning points in my life, not as a stopping point. So thanks a lot for sharing your story with us. If you could share with our audience one major life lesson in just one sentence, what would it be? Oh, that's a hard one. Oh, <laughs> one major life lesson in just one sentence. Based on this story. Based on that. St- <laughs> oh, based on that story. Oh, that's easy enough yeah. then. I would say never quit and believe in your ability. You're stronger than you think you are. Got it. So you shared that you took your very precious money that your grandmother had given you. You trusted a web designer who let you down and he didn't do a good job. But you took the time to learn all the things you need. You empowered yourself. You learned programming a bit. You learned web design and you actually did make your own website. You carved your own path where initially there was none. And I think that's really inspiring. So thanks a lot for sharing this powerful story, which really says that if your support system sometimes breaks down, you got to stand up and take that situation in your hand by doing things yourself. It's not always recommended, but then that makes you stronger. So thanks a lot for sharing and action takers. As you listen to these stories, you will notice a theme, a theme that challenges are here to teach you life lessons. And as you collect these life lessons, take action and grow in the process, you'll help other people too. You'll notice a shift in your community. And at some point you will come across a roadblock because the problem that is in front of you now might seem much larger than you or your community or anything that you've ever come across before, leading you to feel a sense of overwhelm and powerlessness. And in such a situation, remember the words of Margaret Mead, who once said, a small group of thoughtful people could change the world. Indeed, it is the only thing that ever has. So Tara, I got to ask you this. Have you found your life's purpose? And if yes, what is your life's purpose? Oh, gosh, yes. Um, <laughs> thankfully, that's one thing I can definitely say yes to. Uh, for me, my life purpose is to help people to take away their pain and to help put them on a path to really living their life stream and helping them to find their life purpose. So um, for me, I literally wake up every morning grateful beyond all reason that I know that that day somehow, in some way, I am going to be able to help somebody. And that's really what drives everything that I do. And I will tell you that I had, for other that might also feel a life purpose that's similar. Another don't give up story. I had um, some people when I was first coming out and first in the benefits world, working in hospital benefits, and they said to me, you know, you're too nice. You're too much of a helper personality. You'll never, ever make money. You'll never have a business that'll work because you just, you're too nice of a person. Well, I can tell you (laughs) that that's not true. (laughs) So, you know, there's nothing wrong with being a person who wants to help others. And you can both help others and create a business or a life that is supportive of you as well. So don't give up on that. So looking back now, Tara, was there ever a magical moment or a eureka moment beyond which you began to feel excited because your life was about to change? Let's hear that story. You know, I think for me, the biggest moment, the biggest eureka, oh my gosh, moment was really when I found that final piece that became the discovery of the flow method. I mean, I actually jumped around the house, <laughs> truthfully, um, <laughs> by uh, my nickname from some people is Tigger because I tend to be fairly bouncy. But um, in that, I kind of bounced around, truthfully. 
And then the next one was when um, I had an agent after I had sent in my book proposal who called me up and said, I think we can get you a publisher for this book. And so at that point, I remember feeling like, oh my gosh, everything that I've done up to this point, which was just a crazy amount of work, (laughs) is going to be worth it. I'm going to be able to get this message out into the world. And so that was definitely a moment that even as I think about it now, I can't help but smile because those were big moments. (laughs) Well, thanks a lot for sharing those big, wonderful and magical moments. And this brings us to the final round of today's show, which is called the Wisdom Round. And this round contains just four questions. So are you ready? Sure. (laughs) So Tara, looking back at your life, what is the best advice that someone has ever given you? Oh, the best advice that someone has ever given me. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, <laughs> let me think. Um, well, you know, it's probably going to, I guess it's probably going to come from my dad. My dad is one of those super inspiring people. And throughout my life, he has always just told me over and over again to believe in myself. And it sounds like simple advice. But at the end of the day, if you don't believe in yourself, you don't get anywhere. You can have great, huge dreams. And if you, but if you don't believe that you are capable of being able to achieve those dreams, then you can't possibly have them come true. Because you, you know, how do you actualize yourself? How do you push yourself forward if you really don't think you can? And so if I really have to say that probably the most substantial piece of advice was from my dad over and over again, saying, believe in yourself, you can do this, you can do whatever you put your mind on. And that kind of support and that kind of that just the more that you say it, and I would say, say it to your kids, the more that you say it to people, they rise to that level because they start believing it too. Now, name a personal habit that keeps you going. Oh, okay. So my best habit is um, I actually do something called an energy shield or shielding every single morning. I had to, and I don't know, I don't, AJR, you may be familiar with that since you've done a lot of work. Shielding is basically establishing sort of an energetic aura or boundary or whatever you want to call it around yourself so that when you go out into the world each day, you know, we all absorb all of these energies, all of these things from around us, whether we're conscious of it or not, we are all frequencies. So we are literally getting hit with Mm -hmm. these frequencies all the time, sort of like a a radio that is connected to every frequency of sound, you know, out there. And um, that can be really, really very wearing, especially if you are an empathetic person uh, or an empath, you might associate yourself as a highly feeling person. And so that is, again, something that most of us that are in this, this sort of field are. So what I do in the morning is I close my eyes and I simply imagine a bright ball of light in sort of in my solar plexus or in my stomach, whatever you want to call it. And I imagine that bright ball of light is whatever color I associate with safety and protection or happiness, whatever you feel like is going to be powerful for you. And that color can change. Often it does change. And then you imagine that that light sort of expanding up through your stomach, all the way over your head, all the way around your back, all the way down your front and all the way under your feet, sort of like a large egg of light all the way around you. Mm -hmm. What that does, and then you, you just simply say to yourself, I do not allow negativity, negative energy, to me, I allow all good, all positive, abundance, whatever you want to say to flow to me easily. So what this does is it literally connects you with your inner knowledge, your inner energetic system that is in fact around us all the time anyways. And it's powerfully telling yourself that you are now setting healthy boundaries for your day and that you are intending to help people and you're allowing good things to come to you, but you're not allowing the negativity to penetrating into you and making you weaker or sicker. I cannot tell you what 
what a change, what a profound change that is as a practice. If I did not do it, I would get sick much, much more than I mm. actually do because you just don't know how much negative stuff you end up picking up, especially as I say, if you're a highly sensitive person or an empathic person, you're just like a sponge. So this is a good way to reestablish. You have control over your own energetic system and how that interacts in the world. So Tara, I completely believe in the exercise that you just shared and in creative visualization in general, because uh, the other day I had a cold, you know, all of a sudden because of some allergy, I think I got a cold, a sinus infection, and it was getting worse and worse. And so what I did was I decided to take a test. You know, what I did was I imagined that I had the sinus within me and I imagined that as gunk, you know, like negative energy and stuff like that. And what I did was I took a breath out, you know, I breathed it out if that's even a word. (laughs) (laughs) I think it is. (laughs) Uh, And then uh, I imagined the gunk going out, you know, like my body getting free of that gunk, of that congestion, of that negative stuff, if I may put it that way, that was creating that uh, sneezing and cough within me. And what I took in was that healing light, that healing energy from the universe that was taking up that space. And you won't believe it. I think within a matter of, uh, let's say, 15 minutes, I began to feel much better once again. I didn't need any medicines and it was back to normal. Oh, that's so great. (laughs) That's absolutely wonderful. It totally does work. It totally does. And I think that's amazing that that's what you went to first. That's awesome. So... Tara, what's your morning ritual like? Well, my morning ritual is I wake up, I do the shield exercise every morning. I actually usually do that at night too, right before I go to sleep to sort of dissipate anything negative that's still stuck (laughs) to me. But my next ritual, and this is something that I implemented and I cannot tell you how much it helps. And I would recommend anybody out there doing that is to sit down and just open up a book that is inspiring to you. The one that I'm working through right now is called You Are a Badass, (laughs) which it's uh, by Jen Sincero. And I can't recommend it enough. She's just got a great writing style. You can pick it up, read a few pages. It sort of just gives you that that pop of inspiration, that pop of energy in the morning. Absolutely do not turn the news on or read the newspaper first thing in the morning. I can't even, that's so bad for you. <laughs> Don't do that. So follow this advice. Definitely, <laughs> you know, read something inspiring. That's what I do. And it sets me out. It's like, I feel like I shift into the proper frequency first thing in the morning when I do that. And it's literally five to 10 minutes. You know, I'm not talking a lot of time. And I know we're all really busy, but it's the best five to 10 minutes you can possibly spend. Mm-hmm. Now, name a book that has made a significant impact on your life. Oh, boy. You know, the one I go to over and over again is Love, Medicine and Miracles by Dr. Bernie Siegel. I think it was published in 1988, 89. And why it's made such an impact. Uh, Bernie Siegel was a traditional oncologist and he started to notice that there was a mind-body connection. He was working with children that had cancer and he started to pay attention to the words they were using. He started to pay attention to the energies that they were dealing with and the things around them and really started using those those things experimentally to see if he could make a positive change in the healing outcomes that he was seeing. And he did. And at that point, that book for me, I found that book right as I was really starting to understand and pull together the fact that this energy really had an impact on our health and our life. And what an incredible thing. I was lucky enough to meet him. I was actually lucky to interview him one time on a podcast. And his story is fascinating because he was almost laughed out of medical schools. He was laughed out of hospitals Mm. with his message. And eventually, as other oncologists started to see that what he was doing was quantifiable, he has now been asked in to (laughs) medical centers 
centers and hospitals. In fact, I met him at a at the Ohio Hospital Association where he came to speak. And um, I just think that's a really good thing because for most of us that are in fact, you know, action takers that are trying to change our life, we oftentimes make these discoveries that are a little bit ahead of other people and they seem a little bit weird and a little out there to people. And we'll, we will get resistance from the sort of traditional thought processes out there, but that doesn't mean you should stop. That actually means that you got to pull together, believe in yourself even more and keep getting that message out there because the world needs it. So um, that would be mine. I would highly recommend, I believe it's still available on Amazon, uh, Love Medicine and Miracles by Dr. Bernie Siegel. He's an amazing human being. Wonderful. We're going to have all these insights added to the show notes and our listeners know that the show notes can be accessed by visiting our website. That's my7chakras.com slash 87. Once again, that's my S-E-V-E-N-C-H-A-K-R-A-S.com slash 87. As always, let's tap into the magic of social media action takers. Share this episode on your wall by typing in the link and the first thought that comes to your mind after listening to this episode. So Tara, today's show was epic. Thanks a lot for taking your time. Right before we end the show, tell us one thing that you're totally grateful for and tell us the best way we can learn more about you online. I guess today I'd be most grateful for is my little 16-year-old dog was dealing with some heart problems this week that were very unexpected because he's quite healthy. Mm. And um, I'm super grateful for the absolutely wonderful um, vets that I have been working with. So that's sort of a day-to-day, more of a day-to-day and maybe not a big existential one, but I am very grateful because it was uh, pretty scary this week. So, And uh, ways people can contact me, I actually am giving away, AJ, to your listeners, a free ebook of the Flow 40 Days to Total Life Transformation, as well as a 50% off coupon if somebody uh, out there is in need of a healing session with me. I would be super delighted. And so as a thank you to your listeners, also a 50% coupon for that. And they can find that at tarameyerrobson.com, which is T-A-R-A-M-E-Y-E-R-R-O-B-S-O-N.com and then front slash and then chakras. So C-H-A-K-R-A-S. And if they go there, they can actually access the specials that I've put up only for your listeners. So thanks a lot for those gifts for the book and the 50% discount for a session. I'm sure our listeners would love taking action and learning something new, changing their lives and really learning how to tap into their subconscious and loads of love and light for your dog for the recovery. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So Tara, thank you so much for coming on our show, talking to us about the flow method and taking us one step closer to a human revolution. Oh, thank you so much, AJ, for having me. This has actually been one of my favorite interviews I've ever done. You are listening to My 7 Chakras. Go to mysevenchakras.com. Download your free gift, get inspired, and take action. Transform your life today.